Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Requiem Comics. I'm your host, Sean. I'm Jesse. And this is our episode 20 special. Yeah. <laughs> so Special in the sense of it's episode 20 and we're looking back at... Yeah, 20 is a nice round even number. Yeah. Yeah, we thought... It's not a year after anything, it's just episode 20. Yeah, I mean... But it's... It's our, I guess, pseudo anniversary. Yeah, I mean, it's it. a milestone, is what we'll call yeah, it. Yeah, it's a sure. milestone. Um, so we thought we would go back and do the second and third volumes of the New Fifty Two Action Comics by Grant Morrison because our first show we did the first volume. It's true, we did Bernie Sanders Superman. I mean, I guess it's kind of an outdated. Uh, I guess it is now. Comparison now, yeah. You know, he got defeated and such. Yeah, it's not as relevant as the good old days. No, nah, that's we true. When we were recording episode one. And Bernie Sanders. Making all like, our ums. Yeah, oh shit. And yeah. uhs. The editing back then, too, was atrocious. You sucked at it. I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we're here. We're talking Action Comics, New yep. 52. Mm-hmm. Episode or volumes two and three. Yeah, I wasn't. I really wasn't sure how going back into these how how good they would be because so much has happened in Superman since the New Fifty Two and since we recorded the first episode. Oh, absolutely. That I thought that these books might not read as well now that they're out of continuity. Yeah, totally fair. And I actually felt the opposite was true. Oh, I love this. Yeah, I, I really still. It. I I think this. Was a phenomenal read. Mm-hmm. And I I definitely like these two volumes more than I liked volume one. Well, let's talk about that. What 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 are some of the big things that stand out to you with volume two and three? With volume two one? and three, well, what really worked about the new fifty two and volume one in particular, in terms of retelling his origin, is that it was a more grounded, um, socially aware Superman. Totally. You know, someone that spent less time fighting aliens and doing crazy superhero stuff. Yeah. Then, you know, somebody who spent more time worrying about the people of his city and their problems. Yeah, the other thing, too, is you're talking bad guys who are, like, you know, big corporate evil people. Yeah. Versus, you know, aliens and giant robots and things like that. So yeah. there's there's definitely a huge difference in just that aspect alone. Mm-hmm. Jesse's slowly reaching for a beer, trying not to make any noise. Trying so hard, because I know I'll have to edit out it. Yes, because yeah. Jesse's doing the edits on this one. Yep. It's my turn to do the dishes. Yes, yes yeah. it is. I'm no longer the dishwasher. So, as you were saying, sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the contrast between these two volumes and the first one, I think that's the major thing that stands out, is that this is way more sci-fi based. You're talking multiverse, you're talking fifth dimensions... Mm-hmm. You're talking all sorts of crazy theoretical physics. Fuck, I mean Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, he shows is, up in, is there. in one of these. these but to issues. me, that's that's kind of a nice element of taking the more sci-fi elements, but kind of having it grounded. The thing by is, having him in there, you know, I, having it grounded to a real world. The thing is, too, when when I was reading that and I saw that they were at the planetarium that he's he's in charge of, I was like, no way, is is Neil deGrasse Tyson going to be in this? And then he was, and every <laughs> time he spoke, I read it. In my head, the way he sounds in real life. Yeah, me too. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's, that, that's the major, you know, difference, I think, between these two. Is my phone just beeped. And that's, you know, I think it's kind of like what you were saying. Like, the first one's very grounded in, you know, protecting the people of his city. Whereas this one is more planetary. And this is kind of the Superman where people are familiar with. 
Well, the thing is, and what you have to remember, this run at its time was kind of redefining Superman. Yeah, absolutely. And I, th- I still stand by the fact that when this happened, Superman did need something new. A new take. That's fair. I mean, yeah, I think you even described it in the first episode we did as Superman is kind of the, the Boy Scout of the DC Universe. He's kind of... There's, there's a lot of elements to him that can be very boring because he's always just going to do the right thing. And he's, you know, he's Superman. It's very difficult to beat Superman. Yes. But with this one, you actually see a lot of, not just, you know, physical challenges that he has to overcome, where he's not necessarily the strongest, but you have a lot of these emotional challenges, too. Mm-hmm. Because in this... Well, that's that's the thing that I think that they really kind of nailed, because pre, pre-New 52, in almost, I guess, the half a decade that I'm going to call the, the Smallville kind of era... Yeah. Superman's drama became very, very stale, in my opinion. It became very mopey, like, I'm a god, but I'm a human, and how do I, how do I be both? And well, it's, it's like that really horrible song. Yeah, I'm more Superman. than a yeah. bird, I'm more than exactly, a Exactly, right? Yeah, almost as bad as my singing of it. Uh, that was pretty atrocious. Yeah. So, I think that this definitely grounded Superman in a way that he needed to be, at least temporarily, and... In, in the last year, we've gotten kind of the more classic version of Superman back. Yeah. And I think that it's it's absolutely been a good thing. And I love what's going on with Superman right now. But looking back at the way Superman was before this New 52 run, I do think that something had to change. And yes, it's had to be augmented since, but I do think it was a good move at the time. That's fair. So here's a question I have for you then, Jesse, because you read you read New Fifty Two Superman when it first came out. Yeah, and we kind of discussed this previous, you know, like off podcast. Your thoughts? We don't discuss the... anything off podcast. No, not at all, ever. That's all yeah. we ever not talk about. Mm-hmm. We but... literally sit in silence until we press record. Oh, that'd be so nice. <laughs> Fuck. But no, um, you've talked about before how when you first read this. You weren't necessarily concerned with the story or the context. You were more concerned about what elements were being kept. Because, I mean, New 52 essentially was a reboot. Oh, it absolutely of, was. Of, of the Superman franchise. So, of everything. So instead of critiquing it in that sense now, you know, years later, mm-hmm. would you say that this was a, a good read? Like, is it a good story in contrast to what you remember when you first... When you first read it. Well, that's something that I was really concerned about when reading this. Because even when we reviewed the first volume, we were still in that New 52 time period. Yes. So I was reviewing that with a very different mindset. Totally. Since then, um, the more traditional Superman has come back into the picture. Yeah, with Rebirth. Yes, and we've had that version of Superman and New 52 Superman almost kind of merged. And a lot of the new 52 stuff erased. Yeah. Again, I think right now that's for the better. That's totally fair. And and I'm very, very happy with the current rendition of Superman. So I wasn't really sure how going back to this, I guess, divisive period would, would feel to me. I thought that it might lose some of the oomph that it had when it was actually relevant. That's fair. And I actually found that kind of the opposite was true. I actually found that I enjoyed this run a lot more 
without worrying about continuity, without worrying about all those pieces fitting in, without being like, okay, what's still kept in, in Superman's canon? Is that kind of a reference to Doomsday? Is that kind of a reference to Red and Blue Superman? Totally you know, trying to figure all, out all that stuff. I really enjoy just reading this run, I guess, as as just its own thing. This is almost like a standalone. Yeah. And I really appreciated a lot more of it doing that. Yeah, I you know, I as someone who hasn't obviously read a lot of Superman before, uh, I mean, there are things that I know of the Superman origin that are different in this. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the major one being Martha and Jonathan Kent. They yeah. they died when Superman was in or Clark was in high school. Yeah. Uh, you know, so there's certain things like that, but I thought that that played really well to kind of giving Clark Kent this this almost like sad kind of backstory of why he overcomes and you know that kind of like the the advice and stuff that he got from Jonathan and Martha, how that kind of plays really relevant to the decisions that he makes when he is you know performing the duties of Superman. I see. I don't necessarily know if I if I love the idea of Superman needing tragedy. It's it's almost like the Flash thing with Barry Allen. I get that. Did he need the tragedy of his mom being killed by the Reverse Flash? I don't necessarily think so. I I actually think that with heroes like Superman and Flash, you have a stronger statement where they're they're doing the right thing without that tragedy just yeah. because that's the kind of people now, that they but, are. But is it that they're doing the right thing without that tragedy because you have so many other superheroes that have that tragedy? I mean, you know, Batman is the prime example. Mm-hmm. You know, he orphaned as a kid, basically. And I think Batman needs that. That builds into Batman's But, but that's what I'm saying. Are you, are you saying then, like, he does, Superman or the Flash don't need these kind of, you know, tragic backstories because you already have other characters like that? Like, it's too saturated? Or do you just feel that it's completely unnecessary? I think both. Okay. I think that it is becoming a bit oversaturated in in recent years with every... Superman, Flash, and Green Lantern have have all had parental figures... And probably more, have all had parental figures killed in the 21st century to to build up that that yeah. tragic element. And I don't think that it's necessary especially for heroes like Flash and Superman that are supposed to be the more optimistic viewpoint of the DC universe, which I get. I actually worry sometimes that those those elements could kind of take away from those heroes. I I, I, I don't think that it does in this Superman story in particular. I, I think it say. adds to this story specifically. Yeah, I think that it's well done in this story. But as an element in itself added in, I don't necessarily agree with you that, you know... Well, I mean, I was, more, I was more or less, you know, asking, like, your thoughts on that. But, I yes, I mean, I, for the most part... I'm not saying that every one of them needs to be an orphan. Mm-hmm. But they need, to, they need to have something that, you know, propels them to want to do good. To well, change... even before John and Martha dying, yeah. Superman's already an orphan. Well, it, Well, yes, technically speaking, you're right. But an orphan in the sense where... He didn't know his parents originally. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between becoming an orphan later in life. Like yeah. When you're, you know, yeah, he no longer has that support of, yeah. of Martha and Jonathan. Exactly, yeah. you know, and then to everything he's doing, like, one of the big factors of this is this. these two volumes are set up in a very peculiar manner. It's not a linear story. No, and welcome that, to Grant Morrison. Well, and it's interesting because when I was first, like, when I was started going through this, I was confused as all fuck. Because you actually start off with the Barack Obama Superman. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, the Who's the president of the United Superman. States, he's black. And Lex Luthor exclaiming, I'm not racist, I just hate everything else about you. So, when that, yeah, I mean, I, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. I thought yeah. it was a really cool take on, you know, this, this character and, you know, the kind of stories we've seen before. He's president, he's, you know, this, like, social democrat, he believes, yeah. you know, no war, diplomacy, but on the other hand, he's also Superman. And he's got Brainiac... Acting as a, a computer control for robot yeah, versions cool. of him, so that when he's off being Superman, Brainiac can take control and be president of the United States. Yeah, that was cool. But the thing is, that was really confusing, especially because I do remember pretty well Volume One, and there was nothing like that in Volume One. You know what was really cool about that issue too? The whole because you always hear this about in movies with recastings of of. You know, yeah. changing up people's races and stuff. Anytime about I'm, how it's going to change yeah. characters and whatnot. And reading that issue, at first you read the first page and you're like, oh, Black Superman, that's kind of like a novel ideal kind of. But then it just reads like a Superman comic, it was, which I thought was a good point to make. Well, absolutely. Know. And, then, you know, that's, that's kind of going to your point there. Like when they, specifically with movies, when they, they cast, you know, their quote unquote white character as a, a black person, everyone mm-hmm. gets up in arms about it. Well, that doesn't take away from the story, and this is proof right here. Yeah, I this thought, was actually that part. I was thought the actually point of that was read. actually ha- almost how just similar it is to every other Superman. And comic. that's exactly it, because that's not that's not something that's going to change the type of person he is. Mm-hmm. And that's you know that was something I really liked. But the thing is, that is an alternate. But universe. that's something I like. This what this run does. It builds in the first volume on all the social issues. And that this is a Superman book that's going to address a lot of those things. And even later on, once it gets into the sci-fi elements, like the multiverse and whatnot, it's still playing with those those social elements. It's just using the sci-fi elements to complement them. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's what really worked well with this. So, like I was saying, the story is, is really jumbled. But that's because you later find out that... Oh, it's, I... <laughs> it's being manipulated by... I can't say his name. Say his name. Um, v- Mr... Mr... Yeah. Vindictive Vix. He's from the fifth yeah, yeah. dimension. Vindictive I'm gonna ca- with X. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to yeah. call him Bob. So Bob, it turns out, yeah. from the fifth dimension, is really pissed off because he feels that he, in the fifth dimension, was not only robbed of the spotlight of being the court magician, well, but because he it- loses the girl... To Mr... Mixie Spitlick. Pixie guy. Mixie Spitlick. Sure. And and I actually really liked how this was tied to Mixie Spitlick. He's actually a favorite of mine. He's awesome! He's a really good Superman villain that I feel is really underused. I totally agree. I mean, he's got these crazy, as he puts it, godlike fifth dimensional powers. Yeah. He is... The he was actually very prankster. well used recently in Superman Reborn. Yeah, say. exactly. Um, but I, I thought it was really well done because like the way they tied this kind of sci-fi element, this fifth dimension, this kind of multiverse stuff to the story that they're telling, I, I think it worked exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought he was a really cool... And you know the thing, he's, he's not actually a villain in this, which I thought was also really neat. You actually get some background story on him in one of the back issues. And he's... He... It... You kind of get a glimpse into the fifth dimension kingdom and the yeah, way it works. Yeah, I thought that cool. was really cool. I enjoyed that too. And it's 
And again, you're right, he's not evil, and he never really has been. He's, Mixie Spitlick has always been kind of a playful character that he's a shows child. up more to screw with Superman. Yes. In, in fact, fact, when we did Young Justice, yes, yeah, he came and, up and, that. and I mean, we we literally just watched the uh, the episode on the animated Superman series from the '90s with him in it. Yeah, yeah. Gilbert Godfrey did his voice. Yeah, same idea. You know, every three months he comes back to basically play a game with. Superman. But he's never been, I guess, for lack of a better word, vindictive. Exactly. Like so his now, so now you have a character attacking Superman with all those crazy powers that Mr. Mixie Smith has had. Yeah. But he's actually evil. Yes, and it was actually a really cool contrast. What I really liked, too, is that in the back, or maybe it's just before the back issue, but Vindictive X, or whatever his name is, Yeah. he is so angry at Pixie Stick, that's what I'm calling him. Okay. Uh... He goes to kill him in the fifth dimensional court with his trident. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, is he, he thinks he sees, you know, Pixie Stick there with his purple bowler cap on. So he comes up behind a curtain and he kills him. It turns out the king of the fifth dimensional kingdom was actually just having fun wearing Pixie Stick's hat. And he oh, kills the king. Because I, I interpreted that differently. I thought that, that then that spear attacked the universe. And because of the rebuttal from Superman and Jor-El, the king was caught in the... Well, it, it, it did. Because what happened is the king gets caught because the universe mm-hmm. is contained inside the hat. Right. Because, you know, Pixie Stick there pulls his hat off, and that's where the universe comes out. Yeah. That's his, you know, big trick. So what happened is, and they even say, most of the the, the worlds died instantly, but some of them put out resistance when the spear hit. Mm -hmm. One of those worlds was the new 52 Superman worlds, right? So you're, you're, you're... so what well, I guess is, all Earths, because well, yes. we find out in Rebirth that it's the same continuum. Well, there you go. So you find out later. Yeah, but, yes. But for, for, what we're, for what we're looking at. Yeah. But what happens is, is that in the fifth dimension, all of this happens in, like, the time span of, like, ten seconds. Whereas yeah, yeah, in yeah. what we're reading... It's 18 issues. It's fucking... It's, like... It, it's it's arguably a freaking from, year, man. Yeah. <laughs> Like it, I just I like I like that those little even more because it goes back to Clark's childhood. Yeah, well, you're right actually. So because yeah. as it turns out, Vindictive X here, he's been going through New Fifty Two Superman's life and manipulating it basically from when he was a, a kid, all the way up to the current. Yeah, and he's taken the timeline and he's disheveled it so much that all these events, future, past, present, are all happening. In around the same time with no linear structure. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. And, and, and because of that, you actually, towards the end of the read, get some really good, heartfelt moments. You know, you gotta oh, you're talking about him and his dad. Yes. Yeah. That was fucking awesome because. That was his, a really good moment. Jonathan Kent, in this world, died when Clark Kent went to prom. Yeah. Right? So, future Clark Kent, his present, as the timeline is fixing itself, overlaps with his past. Yeah. So future Clark, or future Superman, is standing there with his father, and they're having this conversation, and it's just like, it was just so well done. Mm-hmm. And you also, you know, you know, Crypto, he's back in it, the freaking dog. You get a oh, backstory crypto, with the dog. You know what, I will say that Crypto... I like Crypto, don't get me wrong. Super dogs but are I've awesome. But I've always felt that... <laughs> 
there was something a little bit lame about Crypto in terms of his origin. I can totally get the the cheesiness. No, and that's the thing. It's always worked for me on a cheesy level because it's Crypto and Crypto's awesome. But I've always kind of been like, I could use a little bit more to, to justify a fucking Kryptonian dog. This book did it. Right? Because because I mean, you almost got uh, the Futurama level of like... That's exactly what it was. It was kind of like that a little his, bit. Well, and that's the thing. So the dog, uh, we first run into him. He's on... Crypt- he's, he's in the Phantom Zone. Was he in the first book? No, he wasn't in the first book. Was no, because he- it showed that bit where he... Grabbed the guy's arm and then was got it? grabbed into the Phantom Zone. I could be wrong, but I think that that scene happens when they're sending Kalel off in the. Oh, in the maybe. Book. But I could be wrong. Well, anyway, so in in Volume Two, when you or Volume Three, whichever one it's in, yeah. there's a lot of issues. Um, when he first appears, it's because Clark get, or Superman gets pulled into the Phantom Zone. Yeah. And he's trying to escape the Phantom Zone, and he's trying to figure out how to do this. And the bad I like that guy, issue, by the way. Hmm. I like that issue. With that was the, a great one. But when, you find out about the scientists that, like, how they started using the Phantom Zone. Well, and that's and, the thing. So the, the original scientist too. who was locked in the Phantom Zone. Yeah. He was the first person ever to be locked in the Phantom Zone. He breaks out. He's built himself this crazy suit that allows him to essentially leave the Phantom Zone. Mm-hmm. So Superman gets... Or at least be yeah. corporeal. Yeah. That. So yeah. Superman ends up getting sucked into the Phantom Zone because he gets tricked into, you know going in front of the light, mm. ends up in the Phantom Zone. He meets a stranger yeah. who is there to help him, and Crypto, the dog. So as this is going down, you know, Superman's like, I'm getting ready to go. He goes, he, he pulls through the Phantom Zone, pulls that suit of armor that the scientist built right off of him, and uses that to pull himself back through the Phantom Zone and get out. And in exchange, transfer the scientist back in. But just before he goes, though, he says, you know, I'm coming back for Crypto. I'm coming back for my dog. Mm-hmm. Right? Then it's like two pages of Crypto just waiting and waiting and, and waiting. And just like being there for like different moments. And, then, and then Superman rebuilds the arm of that suit because the suit gets obliterated after this. He oh, rebuilds you mean the, the arm. moment? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. pulls back in, grabs the dog by the collar and pulls him out of the Phantom Zone. And you're like, yes! Because now he's got his dog again. And that's awesome. That was a really good... Part two of that, towards the very end of oh, Volume the backup. 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The backup. The whole story is Crypto... In the Phantom Zone. His, was in the Phantom Zone, but, but the, he was the, always The idea is that Clark. even though he's in the Phantom Zone, he can still kind of see what's going on yeah. in the world. He just can't interact with it. He's like a ghost. Yeah. So throughout all these hard moments in Clark's life, Crypto's kind of still there as always. his ghost dog. And it was just like such a, it was like a Marley and me, tear jerking fucking. It was, it was uh, almost like the Futurama dog movie. It was. It was yeah. exactly like that. And I, I just, this is the thing I kind of liked about this is that you get a lot of the, you know, your high level sci-fi. And that's what I mean. You get a lot of action. You get a lot of cool but bad guys. But it Superman again. But it gives him a it fucking It humanizes purpose. him. Beyond just that whole fucking Smallville, I'm an alien, can I really fit in? Exactly. Element, you know? It, 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 Which just, Superman had kind of fallen into a bit of a rut with, I, I think. totally, I, I, I don't disagree. And that's, that's something I really liked about this, is that for all the cool explosions and shit happening, and all the crazy fucked up stuff going on, you're still getting these bits of Superman that like really, really show you that this, this character, this new 52 Superman as we know him, has such a difficult background of, like, trying to overcome some of these these hardships that, you know, most people will go through in life. Yeah. But, 
you know, him kind of emerging stronger mm-hmm. because of it and making him, as we put it, the Bernie Sanders Superman. Yeah. And I, you know what? I will say that if this book would have just been that, but without the sci-fi elements, I don't know if it would have quite worked for me. I, and that's totally fair because the sci-fi elements. I think I it. think I'd be reviewing this with you right now, saying I liked it, but I also like my more sci-fi hokey Superman. But that's the thing—you get the whole package with this. Yeah, you really do. You're not getting like, cry baby boo who Superman feel bad for me. No, he's pushing through. He's not. He's not sharing this stuff. He's having these intimate moments, you know, with him and, like, one other person, either Jonathan Kent or his dog. Yeah. You know, and it's it's not, like, this oversaturation of it. And that's why I think it works really well. And I think, overall, this new 52 Superman, this is a great wrap-up. It was, like, a three-volume kind of set. Mm-hmm. I just, I loved it. I will say, I haven't read a ton of new 52 Superman after this run, but what I did I did read it didn't quite capture what this run did for me it's fair I think that a lot of what was done with new 52 Superman was let's make him gruffer and angrier and you know more hardcore like it was almost more the man of steel route yeah I think with what came out of this run that's totally fair which is why again with rebirth it was so refreshing to get a more classic version of Superman back but yeah. with, with the humanity of of the story. But I think that this, this story does a really good job of, of using... Yes, he's more angry, especially in, in Volume 1, but it's because he's more tied to the social issues going on in the city. Well, and he's also... You gotta remember, too, like, in this, he's, he's pretty young. He's not like, you know, Clark Kent you see, you know, in Lois and Clark or something. You know, he's a man in his 30s. He's an established career person. Clark is not like that in this. Yeah. He's starting out, which I think adds a really cool element to it, too. You know, he's a 20-something yeah. who's got this, you know, this gig. He got a great opportunity at a newspaper. He's got some close friends now. He's moved to the city. He's given the farm away to a family friend. Like, he's he's completely changed his entire life. He's uprooted himself and moved to the big city, if you will. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like a coming-of-age story for him. So, yeah, you know what? He is angrier for sure. But that's because he's still in his 20s and he's still trying to figure shit out. No, and that's the thing. I think that it... And that's what I mean. It worked really well for this run because you had that. But, in, for example, in the Justice League book with that Jeff Johns did, he's he just kind of comes off as a more angry, gruff Superman. Yeah, which I think Which kind wrong. of... Which, again, I think if you're just going to have those elements, stri- strip Superman of what makes him Superman. Yeah, I agree. You know, for every moment like that in this run, you get a moment where, like the boy who killed, who took his cape. Oh, that was you get, great. You get it. You get an issue like that, or an issue with Crypto. Yeah. Where he pulls him out. You you get soul to to compensate. I want to say something else that I do really love about this run is, and me and Jesse kind of talked about this, you know, off the podcast, but it is. I, I don't think it's necessarily in your face political. But it definitely does bring to light a lot of, you know, political and social concerns. Specifically with the boy with the cape. So Superman's cape is, you know, indestructible. What happens is Superman gets blown off a roof. A kid sees him lying there and steals his cape. Kid goes home. Well, kid is in a home where his dad is beating his mother. That remind you a bit of the cape? It did. (laughs) Only... The way it should have been. Yeah. 
Where instead, I mean, the cape wasn't bad. Yeah, I had some issues okay. with that. That was like episode what four or something. Yeah. But so this kid puts his cape on and he stands up to his dad. He's like, "No, you're stop beating mom." Yeah. Right, and it's just there's no Superman in this part. It's just this kid with his cape, and the the dad is like, "What the fuck do you say?" Goes over and goes to smack him. Because the kid has a cape on, he fucking hits his dad. And the guy falls right over. Fucking knocks him down. Mm. And the kid and his younger brother take off. And and I think that that's what's, what's really great about this run. You get kind of that almost return to the Golden Age Superman. Absolutely. Absolutely. Of like the Depression era Superman. Yeah, 100%. Of, of dealing with a lot of that kind Actual of stuff. life. But you also get that, like, super 60s sci-fi multiverse stuff. Well, that's exactly it. And that's, you know, that's the thing. Like, let, me, let me ask you about this in terms of the, the political stuff. Because this is something that I, I really loved. How did you feel about Superman addressing the Justice League with a lot of these concerns? I loved it. So, okay. The Justice League in this is, you know, they're, they're loosely established. They've yeah, they're together. in their early days. They're, they've worked together before, but they don't have, like, a formal process or anything. You know, they don't have their space station up above the planet. They've clearly just teamed up a couple times to help save the planet from aliens yeah, or whatever. Yeah, there's, there's no real commitment to the Justice League. And, I, in fact, I, I believe one of them actually makes a comment like that. Like, I think it's Green Lantern or something who makes a comment about how... Maybe it was Aquaman. But they makes a comment about how... You know, we're not really signed up to this Justice League concept that you have. You know, it's exactly what Jesse said. We've worked together a few times in the past. It's been great. That's awesome. Yeah. But Superman's like, you know, there's so much more we could be doing. Yeah. We could be, you know, fighting hunger and poverty and stuff all around the world. I'm really glad that this book addressed this because this is definitely a conversation that you and me have actually had. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, I think that Batman makes a good point. To being like, well, you know, we're not just going to walk into another... We, we're we not just going to be... Well, oh, this is... Yeah, this is kind of reminiscent of our Civil War conversation with the movie. Yeah. Right? Like, it's... I And I totally, completely agree with what Batman's saying. He's saying that he does not want to be a weaponized device for the American government to walk into sovereign nations and, quote-unquote, enforce their will. Right. And I, I think totally we, and I think we know that, ultimately, that decision comes down to the fact that it would be disrespectful for the comics universe to improve their world too much because then we the don't point? live in that world and that's not re- yeah. relatable. And I, I think that's the real world answer at the end of the day. But I think the important thing about this is that it was actually addressed and that conversation was actually had. Absolutely. Superman wants to give purpose and context to what he and the rest of them have done in the past. Yeah. The rest of them have a lot of these hesitations. You know, Superman, yeah, you know, life, liberty, and the American way is kind of Superman's thing, but the thing I kind of really like about this Superman is he's not necessarily about the American way. He's about the global way, and I think that's kind of where his viewpoint comes from. You know, he's talking about solving all these issues around the world. Yeah. Whereas you have people like Batman who, you know, is an American... And is like well, Batman's very focused on Gotham City specifically. But but his big concern is that yeah, we'll save the planet when it needs to, but we're not here to fix the planet. We're here to protect the planet. Yeah. And and you know, there's this difference. He understands this, you know, geopolitical kind of aspect to the things they do and what could come up. 
and this, you know, this idea of sovereignty of nations and things like that. Whereas Superman, yes, raised and, you know, grew up on Earth, still isn't technically an Earthling, doesn't kind of view it in the same context. He views it more as a global context. Yeah. Where we should be doing all this stuff as a force of good for everyone on the planet. Right. Regardless of what a government or country says. Mm-hmm. Whereas and Batman is like, well, realistically speaking, we can't really do that. Yeah, and this isn't just something that extends to that conversation. He, even for a while, gets rid of his Clark Kent persona yeah, he kills in pursuit off. of that. Yeah, absolutely. But then he realizes that the the exposés that he writes as Clark actually do benefit. That was something else I really liked, I, too, yeah. actually. The way they did that. So he, he kills himself off. He kills Clark Kent off. Yeah, he's actually makes himself a firefighter. Yes, yeah, he, he becomes a firefighter, cool. which was pretty cool. But he, he kills off Clark Kent. I'm using that quotations. Yeah. And, uh, it's happened many times. Yeah, well, exactly. It's not the first. It's not, it probably won't be the last. And one of the things I, I know liked, it's not the last. I know it happens again. Well, there you go. But one of the things I really liked about that is that all of his friends and coworkers, you know, Lois and Jimmy and, and Perry White and all those kind of people, Yeah, they all get together after... You know, everyone's kind of healed from this explosion and all this stuff that, you know, killed Clark. And they get together and they're talking about this. And they're, they're talking about a lot of the stuff he's written and a lot of, you know, how he was a man of the people kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then at another point, later on, Mixel Pixel... Mixie Spitlick. Whatever, man. That's a fucking crazy name. It's fifth dimensional shit. It's a, repeat after me. Mixie. Mixie. Spit. Spit. Lick. Lick. That sounds gross. Yeah. Mixie spit like Yeah, there you go. I know. That sounds gross. I'm going to go with Pixie Stick. Okay. Anyway, his his wife, the princess of the fifth dimension. Yeah. She uh she shows him Who in the cartoon looks like Jessica Rabbit. There you go. Yeah, I know. What the fuck? Or Hello Nurse from Animaniacs. No, she was blonde. Hello Nurse? Yeah. Yeah, but she's the same still the same Yeah, yeah, out. yeah. That that sexy cartoon hourglass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. The over-exaggerated, yeah. Mm-hmm. Regardless, she she's showing him, you know, all these different kind of, you know, the things he's written about and how, how it's actually had an impact on people. Right. And how, as Clark Kent, Clark Kent actually helped a ton of people. Yeah. And that it doesn't matter if he's Superman or not. The point is, is that he is a force of good regardless mm-hmm. of who he is. So it doesn't matter if he... If he stays as Clark Kent or not which I thought was awesome because you know a lot of the problem with Superman I've always found Superman is the actual person whereas Clark Kent is the disguise right whereas okay Kill Bill well there you go but that's 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 kind of what it is right Clark Kent is the the disguise for Superman because he's not see I don't know I've I think it depends on the interpretation I've always kind of felt that Clark Kent was sort of the real person in certain versions. Well, I feel that, and this is kind of what my point is, is I feel that sometimes that Clark Kent... I think, I think if you go the Christopher Reeves where he's a really exaggerated, cowardly Clark Kent, then yes. But I think when you go, go into the versions where Clark Kent's just a more, like, a normal dude, I think it's more that it's a different side of I'm him. Not, I'm not even, not even necessarily... I'm not even saying necessarily the, the over-the-top comic-y kind of thing, but... Superman dominates Clark's life. He's yeah, not. In I think thing. that's fair to say. He's not. He was not born a Kent. He was found. He is a Kryptonian. He's always looking for you know a, a way to belong, to fit in. 
but Clark Kent Clark is Kent. definitely part of Clark who he Kent. is. It's not yeah, a disguise no, the way that Bruce Wayne is. Well, no, disguise. hear me out. I think that Clark Kent is the alias that allows him to interact with the Earth, but allows him to step back at any time to be who he actually is. Whereas with Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne was a billionaire, you know, playboy. Bruce Wayne is 100% a face. When he's being that billionaire playboy. But even persona. but even still, he wasn't always Batman, mm. right? Batman is a disguise that he puts on so he can go out and help people. Bruce Wayne is what he was born into. No, I would disagree. Bruce Wayne's what he was born into, but Batman is who he is. Bruce Wayne is the tabloid persona. Bruce Wayne is the reason Batman, Batman can exist. Yeah. So Bruce Wayne is the original. Mm-hmm. Because without Bruce Wayne, Batman But then you can be. make the argument that Superman grew up Clark Kent, so that's who he really is. No, because he doesn't come from Earth. He's Kryptonian. He's but that's Kryptonian. still how he grew up. But just because he grew up in that aspect, he, it's still not who he is. I think Bruce Wayne is Bruce Wayne. I think my, we're, my we're point is, okay. My point is, my point is, is that I've always kind of viewed Clark Kent as the, the disguise. And Clark Kent always kind of gets downplayed. Versus Superman and his exploits. So my point is, is I really like that this builds up the Clark Kent persona. Mm-hmm. And it shows that regardless of whether or not he's portraying Superman or Clark Kent, both are forces of good and both are doing justice for people. Yeah. But that's, yes. I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, I think that this was a great read. You get Clark Kent stuff. You're getting Superman stuff. You're getting your sci-fi. You're getting emotional stuff. You know, you're getting the whole ball here. I mean, yeah. fuck, even Lex Luthor at one point jumps in and fucking saves Superman's ass. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which I thought was great because Lex Luthor was like, oh no, only I get to kill Superman. Fuck you. I mean, Lex <laughs> Luthor's okay, I think, in this run. I think the highlight for sure is the alternate universe Lex Luthor. I swear I'm not a racist. Ah, uh, that was pretty funny. I think that was the oh, Lex Luthor highlight of the book for me. Funny, funny thing that you bring that up because... Lex Luthor, okay, he's not a racist, he just hates everything else about Black Superman. Um, Fair. Does, but it's also true that that would come up. But President Superman there, because he doesn't go by Clark Kent, he has a different name. Ellis. President okay. Ellis, who is the alternate you know, persona for Black Superman there, right. doesn't wear glasses. So, uh, did no one put together that, like especially Lex, who's you know incredibly smart... Not put together that he's he looks probably exactly murdering like the, president. the president of the United States. I mean, come on. You're saying you're not racist, but you can't tell the difference. Really? Really? You know what? That's true. He doesn't quite have the disguise yeah. that Superman I has. Mean, I mean, in fairness, in fairness, it's a pair of fucking glasses. Well, I mean, but that's still something. <laughs> it's something. <laughs> I mean, Barack Obama would not look much different. If you put glasses on, or if you didn't have glasses on. Yeah. But he definitely looks different than anyone who's not him. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, Lex is claiming to not be racist, but I'm not buying it. But, yeah, no, I mean, this had a lot of really good stuff in it. I mean, if you're if you're into that crazy multiverse sci-fi, theoretical physics, big explosions, but you also want but some But it's also depth. very grounded. You want some depth, you want some grounding, yeah, like, this is... This was a great conclusion. I would say that this is actually more grounded than than sci-fi until about the last volume. What do you mean? Like, I would say it's more about 
the characters and the city of Metropolis. Yeah, totally. I, I I don't disagree then with about, that. Then probably until the last volume. Yeah, but the last volume is like I mean he's on fucking Mars at one point. It's very confusing. He's I guess. yeah he's. It's, it's it's not very linear linear at the well and that's you know I was gonna say too as someone you know for any new comic book readers I highly recommend this is as a series volumes one to three of New Fifty Two Superman awesome of New Fifty Two Action Comics oh, sorry yes New Fifty Two Action Comics my bad uh, if you read all three volumes it's fucking cool I I will admit though that with volume two and volume three. If you're not really used to that comic book kind of jump, mm-hmm. where it jumps between shit really frequently, yes. it's going to confuse you until the end. Mm-hmm. Because the point is, is the timeline is all broken up. It's not linear. Right. So the story doesn't read linear. It reads as a jumbled up piece of a puzzle that, as you get towards the end, starts to make more sense. I, I will say that as someone who has read many, many different versions of the early days of Superman from from John Byrne's in the, in the 90s, or in the 80s, sorry, to Birthright, to Secret Origins, all these different versions, I actually really appreciate that about this book. Hmm. Because very often you get 12 issues of here's Superman in his early days and Lex Luthor and here's the first appearance of Metallo and here's the first appearance of Brainiac and blah, 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 blah. Here's him meeting Lois. And honestly, the first volume, I think, fell into that a little bit too much. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely had its own identity. They all do, don't get me wrong. And they're they're all good in their own ways. But what I really appreciated about Volume 2 and 3 of this is that, yeah, you really got to know Superman in a more interpersonal ways where it was less about his firsts. Yeah. And more about the type of book a Superman book is. Totally. You know, it's about a book where you care about the little man but it's also a book about crazy timelines and multiverses and, and yeah. stuff like that. And for 18 issues, they really do a good job of fitting everything in here. Absolutely. Yeah, from the Legion to Crypto. That's right, Legion of Superheroes make everything. an appearance. Yeah. And the, the, the back issue on that one was awesome. I mm-hmm. loved the back issue on that one. Really quickly, the Legion of Superheroes show up because, you know, they live in an alternate dimension where Universo has taken over the galaxy and he's an evil tyrant monster, and they think, oh, we need to save Superman to prevent this from happening. So the Legion of Superheroes show up. Their whole thing is they're going to help Superman defeat you know, all the villains that he's fighting in these two issues. And they're like, yeah, we did it. Superman lives. And they go back to their, you know, it goes back to this back issue. And it turns out... Oh, no, out, no, no. I thought that that was before they, the Superman stuff. What do you mean? Like, I thought the Legion, their, their crappy future. Because clearly yeah, it's well, a different well, crappy yeah, future you, from other Legion yeah. superheroes. Well, they, they, they live in a crappy future. They yeah. go back in the past to save this Superman yeah. in order to prevent their crappy future from happening. Turns out, though, that in the back issue, I think in that their ba- past... I think that back issue was supposed to be before. Well, yeah, it's because it's the past. It's before Universo takes over the galaxy. Yeah. Because he's president-elect. Yeah. He's not president. No, but you're missing what I'm saying. I think that that was before the future that they saved Superman. I think that that was them being like, we live in this shitty future where Superman was killed. Let's go back and... And, and fix it. And yeah. fix it. Yeah. Yeah. 
But but what I'm saying is with the back issue here mm-hmm. is that this is before the universe got shitty, when the president becomes he gets an elected president, right? And they save his life from a terrorist who's trying to kill him because the terrorists saw the future, yeah, of the shittiness that was to come, yeah. They stop that guy from doing it, and the president is like, "Oh, thank you guys so much. Everything I do now is going to be because you guys saved me." had nothing to do with them having to go and save Superman because it would have happened regardless because they were the ones who were instrumental in the rise in the the destruction that would come from him as an evil dictator. Okay. It's not going to matter because <laughs> next time next time the Legion shows up they're going to be completely rebooted again anyway. Absolutely. But I just it was one of those things where it's like when you're reading the story and you, you get a glimpse into this universe they're from and they're fighting and they they time travel and do all this crazy shit. Just to kind of get this, like, you know, back issue where it's like, ooh, all that was for nothing because it yeah. didn't make a difference. I liked it. I thought it was great. Okay, so rankings. So how are we ranking this? Are we doing an issue at a time or are we doing just both? Do we ever fucking... Let's just do both. <clears throat> okay, so both. Yeah. I'm going to do both. I'm going to do the set. One, two, and three. So two and three. Well, I meant two and three together. Yeah, I'm going to do two and three together, and then I'm going to do the overall one, two, and three. Okay. So two and three together. Yeah. I give it an eight and a half and a ten. Yeah. It's got, like I said, sci-fi explosions. It's got the feels. It's got fucking amazing artwork. Rags Morales and Brad Walker. Yeah. Holy shit, that is some good artwork. That is some awesome artwork. It's just yeah. look at the pictures if you don't even want to read because it's just it's gorgeous looking. Reading's good for you kids. Uh, yeah, well, I struggle with that. <laughs> but no, I would give it an eight and a half. It's it's got so much stuff. It's it's a really well done story. Mm-hmm. But like I said, there are you know if you're kind of newer to comics, it is confusing at first when you're trying to figure out. Okay, well, wait a minute. Why why is I think it's actually good kind of lead in I to think how it confusing is. comics can I, be. I totally think it is. And it kind of walks you through and it, I, actually. I think I've read enough now where after probably the first several pages of the start of Volume 2 here, I kind of figured it was an alternate universe. Yeah. But didn't want to make that assumption. I just, I, I had a feeling. But, but you yeah. know enough to be like, I'll roll with it for now. Exactly. And in a few pages, I'll find out. Exactly. So, 8.5 out of 10 is what I'm giving these two. As a set, 1 through 3. Mm-hmm. Because, like we said, we did the first one for episode one. Yeah. I'd give this a overall, I'd give it a nine out of ten. Yeah. I I don't care what anyone on the internet fucking says. New 52 Action Comics is fucking badass, man. These three volumes, I mean, obviously there's more. I haven't read the other stuff. But these three volumes. From what I've read, the other stuff isn't isn't bad. I just don't think it really does too much to, to elevate what was set up here. Which is fair. But like I said... I've read these three. I think these three are fucking phenomenal. So nine out of ten for the set. Jesse, okay. um, I'm I'm going to agree with you on the eight point five for for these two. Except that for me, the the first volume drags it down a little bit. So I'm gonna add end on an eight. That's fair. A lot of what I liked about these two volumes in terms of blending the more grounded elements of Superman with the more high concept sci fi elements of Superman. I don't think the first volume did quite as strongly, which is fair because I think it needed that grounded base for it to work. Especially since it is a reboot. Yes, but as someone that's read a million exactly. Superman reboots, I, yes, you're, I'm going to sell with it on an aid. I don't know. I really liked it. 
I number as if you're a regular listener, you know that I'm not great with number rankings and mine are all over the place. So I'll just say I, I really liked it. I, I would recommend it. Perfect. Yeah. So I think that's it for this episode. Mm-hmm. Episode 20. Yeah. So I think next we're doing Dragon Ball. We're going to be doing Dragon Ball Volume 1 and 2. So we're doing some manga. And as a first. You know what else is a first? we have a new challenger approaching oh yeah we actually have a new host joining us find out who it is next time and in the meantime feel free to check us out on instagram and twitter uh jesse's actually been posting some stuff up on our youtube channel comic book spoilers yeah take a look at our channel you can find us on itunes all that cool stuff just search rec room comics uh thanks again guys yep see you later